Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here. Hello. I don't even know what episode it is anymore. <laughs> second episode of the second season. Oh, well, that's easy to remember. I know. Technically, if we're counting all of our episodes, like 41 or so. Oh, okay. I like that better. Yeah. It sounds a little bit more accomplishing. Oh hey, I'm gosh. excited about this episode. What are we talking about? Um, I, I can't think of a great name for it other than the what if loop. Yeah, that does me nothing. The what if loop. How what to break loop? free from, what is the what if loop and how do you break free from the what if loop? And uh, we're going to talk about how you flip it. I, I, I think it's a game changer. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, trust me. Speaking of excited, it's Halloween time. You you like Halloween more than anybody I've ever That's met. not true. I I'm not like a freak about Halloween. I just, I love anything that like, it feels festive. Yeah. And I get to decorate for it or whatever. My whole life until last year, I like did not look forward to Halloween except for the day of Halloween. But Mm -hmm. now I think because we have a house and I can decorate and now we have a little kid. But like. Hence the bats in the background of the podcast. right. If you're watching on YouTube, we have bats on our mantle. Not real bats, but like paper bats and our pumpkin that you actually grew this pumpkin. Again, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, Pete grows pumpkins on the farm. It's not not my favorite one. I I wish we could have picked a different one. Sorry. It's green. Very weak on the. It's uh, pretty. What do you call that? It's the stem. The stem. Okay. It's very weak. Uh, but our most exact, well, for, and our other decoration that is so obnoxious is a 12 foot tall skeleton. It is massive. I love it. My brother and his wife gave it to us for Pepper's first like Halloween. It is so awesome. We have kids out like all day just coming just in. Come by in, to look at it. At night, his eyes light up and they're kind of digital and he looks around so and he blinks cool. and he looks it's so, so real. Cool. There's and this huge like demand for him. All evening, I can just hear kids in the neighborhood yeah. coming over, talking to it and all that. It's pretty cool. There's some kids down the street that, have to, that every night come down and say goodnight, say goodnight to night it before to they it. go to bed. I know, it's so creepy. Um, yeah, so we were loving it and I had the completely difficult task of picking Pepper's first Halloween costume. Which is exciting because it's been a while because my boys are older. Yeah, yeah. So I made a huge mistake last night. We're all on the couch (laughs) and I asked my freshman in high school, hey, buddy, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? I even looked at you like, what? He shot me a glance like, dad, are you? I haven't dressed up in five years. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... it's fun. And this is, I, I'm completely aware that I only get to pick her costumes for the next, like, probably three years. And then she picks it. So I'm, like, really trying to take advantage of You've it. You've been stressed. Hey, before we talk about Pepper's costume, something just popped in my mind. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I, here's my question. So my boys don't dress up, right? Yeah. And they haven't for years. There's a gap, though, where you hit a certain age where it becomes fun again to dress up. College. So it's college. I think so. Because then there's like things to go to. I think you're thinking like toga parties and stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So the school I went to, we always have a huge football rivalry game around Halloween. I mm-hmm. went to UGA and it's always a George Florida game and everybody dresses up in costumes. Okay. So I just did. Cool. But you're right. I think that's true with a lot of things like excitement for things that you used to love it as a kid, like baking Christmas cookies. Yeah. Like there's a season where that wasn't cool and now like you love it. Yeah. But there is a gap. Okay. Back to peppers. Sorry. So, so have you nailed, narrowed so it down? So we did. I had like, of course, the typical like Cinderella and I wanted us to be de- like dressed up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, the people were right that I did a poll on Instagram. They're like, let her do pick that because she'll pick that eventually and you don't want what, doubles. the princess? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the other one I had was a Dalmatian because honestly, selfishly, I really wanted to be Cruella. Ooh, <laughs> I just think it would be, so be a good cool. Cruella. But we're what not would doing I be? That. 
Oh, you're gonna be the robber. Oh, okay. And then the other one I really wanted was a chicken because it's this costume that is just an explosion of just poofy feathers. feathers. She it looked like a ball. That it was been so cute. precious, and we'd be farmers. But we had to pick a pepper. She's gonna actually be pepper. a pepper, and I'm like, okay, I know. Again, she's not going to be this hardly probably ever again and couldn't be because it's literally like her whole legs will be in wrap, like wrapped in this pepper. So she wouldn't be able to walk and she can't this year. So it's perfect. She's going to be the cutest pepper ever. What are we going to be? Farmers? I think pepper we're going to be farmers? pepper farmers. You could be Texas Pete. I could you are also Pete. be Peter Pick the Pickle pickle Peppers. Oh gosh, you don't even know the rhyme. What is it? Peter you Piper picked a pickle pickle peppers. How Peter Piper picked a pickle pickle peppers. Peter Piper picked a pickle pickle How many pickle peppers did Peter Piper pick? Okay, how annoying is this to listen to? Um, yeah, so she's going to be a pepper. That's, that's we decided. It's I'm not, Peter it's Piper. not super cute, but it's, it's just so fitting. I'm totally going to be Peter Piper. Okay, let's see how you dress up as Peter Piper. I'll, I'm going to Google it as soon as this podcast is <laughs> A <over>. little flutist. <laughs> I think he's, is that, isn't that what a piper is? I never thought about that. Why was why would a pipist be picking a pepper? I don't know, but why is I there a rhyme about farmer. it anyways? I don't and know. And his name was first name was Peter. Peter, his last name was Piper. Peter Piper. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I could be wrong. All right. Who knows? Okay, let's actually talk about something valuable here. Oh, you want to get into the Yeah, I want to I want to hear about the what if loop because you gave zero context to what that actually okay. is. Well, so we're going to go deeper with this later, but I want to get into this idea. I've been thinking about this a lot this past week. That, And I believe this more than ever before, that often what keeps us from getting what we want is the story that we keep telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we could all agree, right? Stories are powerful. Yeah, Books like narratives in your head. Are, are All narratives. Like, yeah. you think back to, you can remember, I've been remembering so many little narratives and stories from when I was a kid as I've been trying to think of little rhymes and things to do with Pepper. Mm-hmm. Like, Stories are powerful. You remember stories. Yeah. So all stories are powerful. But yes, the stories that you tell yourself are some of the most powerful stories that you buy into. Mm -hmm. And so we hold these beliefs about things that actually have a direct influence over what we achieve and what we don't achieve. And when we have these empowering beliefs or we have an empowering story or narrative that we tell ourselves in our head, it's almost like... It's almost like things become effortless. I call it being in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like you just you just do things, right? Yeah. And the opposite is also true. When we have limiting beliefs, uh, it can feel like a simple task is like pushing a big rock up a steep hill. 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 <laughs> it's a hill. Big hill. A <laughs> uh, hill. So when you limit your beliefs about what you can do, you're telling yourself a story in your head that I believe is actually usually far from the truth. Okay. But your mind believes that it's true. So in most cases, what limiting beliefs are, they're just these unconscious thoughts that really act as a sort of self-defense mechanism. Yeah, it's like a protector. Right. To avoid emotions like frustration and anxiety and anger. Disappointment. And sadness, disappointment, fear. And at some point, like we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into this whole idea of limiting beliefs because as I've been coaching more and more people limiting beliefs has been a huge thing that mm-hmm. we tend to go over. It's something that people really get stuck on. For for what we're going to talk about over these next 10, 15 minutes, though, 
I really want to talk about what I think is kind of a single limiting belief that a lot of people have, and it's where they get stuck in that what if loop, mm-hmm. right? And so the what if loop is, and, and, and again, if you struggle with anxiety, you know all about the what if loop. It's what if I can't lose weight, and what if I never marry, and what if I do marry and I'm miserable, and what if I can never have kids, or what if I can never get pregnant, or what if you know uh, I do have kids and I'm a terrible parent, or what if I go to the doctor and I get a bad report, or what if I interview for that job and I never get it and what if we can't save enough money for our kids college and what if that meeting that my boss asked for is actually to fire me it's 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 worst case scenarios mm-hmm. do you do that I do it probably in certain areas of my life mm-hmm. um, not in every area of my life but yeah I think there's there's certain things like you said it when you were talking about why we do it it's just to protect your own heart sometimes right. um, so there's things that it's like or not even to protect your own heart. I mean, that's obviously one thing. And the other thing I think is like maybe to create an excuse for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've lately, one of mine has been, I'm never going to find like a job that I absolutely love that it like completely fuels so me. So what if and, I never found my passion? Right. What if I never found my passion? Which there's things that I do in like our, what I, what we do that I do feel very passionate about. But yeah, I feel like there's still this just this like untapped thing that I can't put my finger on. I'm like, well, it's never going to happen. I don't yeah. know how it's going to happen. So yeah. yeah, I think I do that. I think a lot of us do it. And if we do it relationally. We do it with our finances. We do it with parenting. We do it ac- across the board in a lot of areas where we paint these worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lady that uh, I followed on Instagram for a while. She just released a book. Her name is Mel Robbins. You've heard me talk yeah. about her before. Um, and she just released a book called The High Five Habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I heard about that. Or, or maybe it's called High Five Attitude. I think it's Habit. Yeah, I don't know. I can't It's High Five Habit or High Five Attitude. It's way up there on Amazon right now. So if you get anywhere close to it, Mel Robbins <laughs> High Five, and it'll pull it up. But uh, have you ever received a high five? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It feels great, doesn't it? There you go. Like, if at the end of this podcast, I'm like, hey, great job, we, Jordan. We do that a lot of and times. And give you a high five. That's me saying, like, you're doing a great job, or you did a great job, or you're awesome. Yeah. You're great. Side note, can I say something about that? Yeah. I heard her interviewed, and she said the science and studies prove that a high five with no words means way more than a high five with words to people. Ooh. It releases more chemicals. That's very interesting. I don't know why. I'm just saying that. But I, I love this idea of a high five. You and I used to be in a group exercise class, and I can remember after certain exercises, we'd high five each mm-hmm. other. And it's like a way of like, Hey, keep going. You're doing great. Yeah. You don't have to say anything, but there's Affirming. so much yes, yeah. that mm-hmm. goes into a high five. Okay. What she says, and I believe this to be true, is that most of us are really good at encouraging others and high-fiving other people, but not ourselves. Mm. And so she talks about developing the habit of high-fiving your, yourself. <laughs> and she actually does this thing where in the morning, she looks in the mirror and literally high-fives herself. Yeah. And she encourages other people like to look at themselves and just kind of high five themselves. Yeah. It's just a way of encouraging. So it's like a way of saying to yourself, you got this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a little spin on the what if, what if it's more of a positive. What if, can you think of times like in your daily life that you tell yourself like you got this? Do you do that? A lot. Me too. When I'm running. Like, a whole lot. Push it. Go, go. You've got this. Like you um, almost have to. It's yep. it's when you you really don't think you got this. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's usually when I'm writing something and I'm just way distracted and my mind's floating off and I'm like, Pete, yeah, you got this. you got this. Yeah. Focus. It works. And finish this. It yeah. worked. It works in exercise ways for me. But I love this idea of starting your day by high fiving yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a friend the other day who's thinking about moving. 
and uh, it's for a new opportunity. And they were just going on and on about like, well, what if what if I can't sell my house? And what if I make this move and I move to this new city and I don't meet any new friends? And what if you know this new opportunity doesn't work out? And what if I look back and I realize that I had it really good the way things are mm-hmm. now and living and working the way that I am now? And I look back and I'm like, I made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And and so here's the what if loop loop flip. What if loop flip? What did I just say? What if loop a floop? What does it matter with me today? <laughs> it's a flip and a loop. <laughs> Pete, focus. You got you this. You got this. I'm going to high five myself real quick. I just high five myself. Wow. <laughs> no, it, here's how you flip the what if loop, loop. Yep. that we get stuck okay. in. Okay. Right? And it's, and it's this. What if everything works out? Mm-hmm. Right? What if, what if it all works out? Because the vast majority of our life, guess what? It does. It works out. So what if you get, when you get stuck in that what if loop, you kind of pause and you say, no, no, what if it works out? So this is what I said back to my friend. What if you actually sell the house pretty quickly, right? What if you make the move and you meet some of the most amazing people that you've ever met and it changes your life? Mm -hmm. What if this new opportunity is actually better than you could even imagine? What if you look back and you think, I should have done this sooner, Mm Mm-hmm. Right? It's flipping the what if. And instead of spinning off the worst case scenario, you say, hey, what if all this actually works out? Because again, the vast majority of the time it does. Don't you, you're probably going to get to this, but don't you think like, I'm going to take a piece of that. Like, mm-hmm. what if I move and never meet anybody or never make good friends? Yep. If you have that mentality, I almost feel like you, you would in your brain, like not try and pursue friendships you wouldn't like go to the bingo night you wouldn't go like try whereas if you said what if i make the best friendships i've ever made then i feel like you almost do you proactively do those things to make that what if happen yeah here's what i would say to you right now if i were coaching you that idea of what if i move and i don't meet any new friends is is actually your brain protecting you Mm -hmm. from rejection so here's what happens over time is you tell your brain what's important to you yeah Right. Uh, I'll give you a silly example of like, have you ever wanted a, a new car and whatever that new car, let's say it's a red Toyota. You see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. So true. Because you told your brain that that red Toyota is really important to you. So now you see the red Toyota everywhere you go. I feel like that happens all the time. Yeah. The brain is so much more powerful than most of us imagine. <laughs> so at some point in your life, what a lot of us told ourselves is uh, you told your brain, I don't want to feel disappointed. I don't want to feel the pain of rejection. Mm-hmm. So your brain is like, oh, I got this. And it goes working full time, 24-7, to keep you from p- putting you in a situation where you may feel rejection. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to say, what if I move there, right? And don't meet any, right? It's mm. protecting you. It's like taking several steps back and protecting you from feeling what you told your mind you didn't want to feel, which is reje- rejection. So... And it, here's the thing about limiting beliefs. While most psychologists would say that most of our limiting beliefs are formed in early childhood, mm-hmm. right? We hold on to them as adults because there's some kind of payoff. Usually it's some kind of protection, again, against anxiety or fear or disappointment or failure or rejection. Again, your mind is so powerful, right? It's just doing what it is you told it to do. And so that's why we, when you say to yourself, well, I, I think I need to start exercising. 
And then your mind says, well, what if you start exercising? And, you know, on day one, you hate it and you quit. And then people will think you're a failure. And then you've wasted money on a new pair of shoes that you bought, right? Your mind starts mm-hmm. going all the way down that road. But what if you flip that and you say, what if I try working out and I love it? Or I feel better than I've ever, life. yeah. Now, yes, I feel better than I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I was, it's funny you're talking about this because I was uh, watching an interview with somebody, I can't even remember to be honest with you, but they were talking about the psychology of the, of the brain and how powerful it is. Very similar to this. And the, the person studied a group of people who were unhealthy eaters. And um, he was talking about how the psychology of the brain is basically when you tell yourself something enough often your brain just believes it, kind of like what you just mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. And so they took this group of people and split them down the middle and said, I'm, an, I'm a healthy eater. And they said, you have to tell yourself that, believe that, write it down, put it on sticky notes on your mirror, tell yourself that every morning you wake mm-hmm. up, I'm a healthy eater. And then they let the other half continue, but say, I'm going to eat however I'd like, whatever that right, would be. Right. And the people who had these same habits before, who all they did every day was tell themselves, I'm a healthy eater, when they went to the fridge, when they went to the pantry, they had rehearsed that so many times in their mind. When they looked at the Oreos, they looked at the whatever, Mm -hmm. they said, I'm a healthy eater. That's not what I do. And their brain diverted and said, that's not who we are. We eat this. We're going to eat the carrots. It's just really fascinating how powerful your brain is um, is. and and how much power you have over it if you are intentional with it and that's why something like the high five habit can sound goofy like i'm not gonna stand in the mirror and high five myself (laughs) but in that moment what you're what you're doing what you're telling your brain essentially is i'm betting on myself yeah. I'm betting on myself that I got this. Yeah, that I believe I, I in myself. This. I believe in myself. And and just in case you think this is some kind of like new age kind of thing, or that all of a sudden we have this new science that proves this, this is nothing new. Mm-hmm. A lot of you listening to this podcast certainly put a lot of faith in ancient scripture. Ancient scripture says this, Proverbs 23, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact principle what if it all works out for you right what if you started looking at it that instead of what if this happens what if that happens what no hey what if it all works out Mm -hmm. because the vast majority of the time history tells us it has worked out for you and also i'll say this is it always going to work out no of course not but you're not going to be any worse off i was going to say that you're not Sorry, can I jump in here? Sure. I think I told this story last I think season. You just did. Sorry, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is what happens when you do a podcast with your spouse. Um, no, I think I, I remember telling this story already. But um, when I had just found out that I was pregnant, um, I got scared. Yep. Right. Like, and I, I think that's very normal. Um, and there's lots of people who have every right to be scared because you maybe had a lot, lot of what if moments. I had a lot of what ifs, and I was telling my friend Jenna um, that I was pregnant. I was really early. Uh, like early in my pregnancy and I was like, but I'm so scared, but I'm so scared that like, what if I lose it? What if I, you know, cause that happens so often and it's tragic mm-hmm. and I just, my heart breaks for the women who experience that. Um, but I just thought in my head, what if, what if, what if? And she said, Jordan, but what if it doesn't? Like you are stealing joy from yourself in these first little weeks of being excited. And if it doesn't work out, then we deal with it. But yeah. let yourself feel those things. Just like you just said, what you're better off for, trying to have that flip switched switch flipped um then if you were to live in this you know negativity and that's a one example and it's kind of a bad example because it has a lot of baggage with it for a lot of people but yeah i just think 
there's so much to be said about your stealing joy or whatever potential emotion that could be from yourself because of your worry. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If you get to that point and it doesn't work out and it all falls apart, the universe or God or whatever you want to attribute to is going to give you whatever you need in that moment. This is exactly why you have survived 100% of your most difficult days. You're going to have what you need in that moment. And so the reality is spinning off the worst case scenario of what if this happens, what if that happens, doesn't actually protect you from your worst fears. Mm. It just leads you to live in a sort of mental torture where you worry about things that the vast majority of the time never happen. So Mm. if things don't work out the way you want them to work out, you're still going to you're still going to survive. So why not make the bet on yourself? Why not make the bet on what if it all works out? That's a good point. That the worry doesn't protect you anyways. That's such a good point (laughs) because you somehow think it does. Nope. Good. So I I would just end with, with this challenge because again, I have no idea what the people listening to this right now, I have no idea what it is you're struggling with. I have no idea what the situation is that you're facing, but my guess is, you're spinning off some what ifs, right? You're stuck in the what if loop of what if this happens, what if that happens, what if, and what if, and what if, and it's just you're staying up late at night worried about it or you're drinking too much trying to deal with it or, I, again, I have no idea how everybody has a different way of coping with the, with the what if loop, but what if you flipped it and you just said, wait, wait, wait what if it actually all works, works out? It's good. And you start kind of planning and moving in that direction. Because I I think that could be a beautiful thing. I love it. I love it. So the challenge is to pick one thing. Switch. Yeah. Flip the switch. Pick. I would pick one scenario right now in your life. Like, uh, again, if you and I were just sitting down and we were talking, those of you listening to this, I'd say, give me one situation right now where you've, you know, you're spinning off the what what if scenarios. Yeah. Just write that down and then talk about what would it look like to flip that. I love it. Good stuff. All right. I love this. Good hey, stuff. episode two, season two. I'm thank excited. you guys yeah, so much. You. We really are just so grateful that you're continuing to listen. We're having a blast doing this. I think we did two in a row. We weren't sure if we were going to do two in a row. I know. Let's we did do it. it. High Woo, five ourselves. High five ourselves. I love it. Awesome. Hey, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. <laughs>